International. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Oh, why do This is the good life. Just relax and let my mind drift. Having Y2K compliant. Slim Jim. Eat my shorts. What's the deal with Aquaman? Could he go on the land or was he just restricted to wood? No stairway. Denied. This is Ryan with the Millennials. All right. Hello. Shalom and assalamu alaikum to my listeners out there, whoever you may be. Appreciate you tuning us in, tuning us on. We are Austin's number one rated podcast, as determined by, well, really no one in particular. We're going to do something a little different today. Uh, This is a special episode that I have decided to call Ryan Reflects. Uh, What's going to happen? I don't really know. I think the, the purpose of this particular episode is to sort of, you know, take a look back, examine things, examine who I am, and uh, maybe make some headway on where we've started and where we're going. Uh, starting a pod, you know, podcast are, you know, they're, they're the hip thing these days, so I'm told. And uh, I'm joined today by two very good friends of mine who have been with me since before, we even started. I'm um, here with Jake. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I'm here with Danny. Hey. Uh, Danny, who you will all get to know in a future episode, and Jake, who some of you may be familiar with from our... <laughs> the saddest episode of your podcast. The infamous <laughs> bre- breakup episode. Yeah. Um, I guess the best way to, to start this off, Jake, is to ask how you're doing. Uh, way better than in that episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We recorded that, what, like seven months ago? Well, yeah, we recorded that back in July. What what the listeners don't know, or what they may be, I'm sure they figured it out by now, is that we record these episodes, and then we post them at a date that's convenient to the show. And your episode was recorded way back in July, uh, possibly even early August. And we posted it, I believe, when? Uh, November? Yeah, November, something like that. Several months later. A lot has changed uh, since that July date, and a lot has changed since that post date. Um, So why don't you tell us how you're doing these days and what you're up to? Uh, You know, just fucking. Just getting out there fucking. (laughs) Yeah? Doing a lot of fucking? Doing a whole lot of fucking and joke telling. That's all I do. Yeah. Tell jokes and I fuck. Are you doing, are you, are you okay now? Are you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not even on the rebound anymore. I imagine that you. No, yeah. You're sort of, you're out and you're dating and you're, you're looking for, uh, for true love. Looking for true love in all the wrong places. You're what? 22? Yeah, 22. And Danny, you're how old? Uh, About to be 25. Okay. And how's your, uh, how's your dating life going these days? Anything? uh, Yeah, it's pretty good. Better than Jake's? Probably, yeah. Now, uh, I, 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 you know, I remember approaching you, Jake, about that episode and uh, you were obviously going through a tough time, and I think, how did like how, do you remember how we sort of landed on that? Did I sort of? I know I didn't unlike that subject, or yeah, I mean, I know you were going through a hard time, and I too was going through a pretty difficult time for yeah, yeah. Uh, other circumstances, which I'm still I don't know if I'm too comfortable talking about it on mic. Yeah, um, but it's, it certainly factors into the, how this podcast started, or at least yeah. you know at, at the time that it did. 
Um, but I think what happened was you were going through a tough time and you, you turned to me as some sort of sage, wise old man, which may have been a mistake. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember asking if you were comfortable talking about it and, yeah. uh, and, and you know, what, what was your response to that? Like, uh, I basically am a narcissist and egotistical and I thought that it would be the best rated episode of your podcast if I cried. Okay. So I was like, yeah, let's get sad. Well, you did. You let's almost cried. Sad. I did. Um, a few times. Yeah. You didn't I, cry I didn't, on the I mic. didn't quite get there, but yeah, you got close. You got, there was a lot of lip trembling, mm-hmm. um, going on during that episode. And, um, you know, I got a lot of feedback for it. Hopefully, uh, you know. only great things. Well, I, I think uh, for the most part, people were concerned about you. Yeah, that makes sense. Someone <laughs> listens to somebody opening up like that. You were in a very vulnerable place. Were you able to use that to become stronger? Was it something you were able to use going forward? The My vulnerability or just the talking pod- about it on a podcast? Oh, 100%. I mean, it was cool just being able to talk about it publicly. Because like I, I was, I started writing jokes about it and doing that on stage, but that's totally different than just actually talking about it, like without holding anything back. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, that it felt really good to talk about it. And it was also weird to almost cry with Ethan and Donna in the room because I was I had never met them before that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, was... Oh yeah, these strangers are about to see me cry. Well, and I remember even afterwards, uh, Ethan had commented how you know something like that had never happened in in the studio before, where it just got very real and emotional. And yeah. uh, I don't know that I was anticipating that either. I think really what I what I wanted to do was have a conversation with you. Yeah. Um, when this podcast started or the original idea for Ryan with the millennials was for me to have a different millennial in the studio and talk about something relevant to both generations, mine and and theirs. Yeah. And I thought heartbreak is something that's so universal. Exactly. That each generation can have their own take on it. Yeah. Um, Danny, surely you've gone through some heartbreak in your, in your experience, in your life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all get up, uh, get broken up with or, or break up at some point. Yeah. And that's hardly a trans reaching across a generation in any way. <laughs> it's more like, yeah, we're all sad. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are, 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 are you, uh, you're not generally a sad person on a day to day basis though, are you? No, I'm emotionally volatile. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning? I mean, it's all over the place all the time. My mood shifts within the hour sometimes yeah and how do you sort of exercise those demons uh try to remind myself to tell people how i feel not hold it in but generally tend to hold it in yeah and does that does that help or does it really make it worse no that 100 makes it worse it makes it harder (laughs) to be friends with people (laughs) yeah well but you're friends with us though yeah i'd say you're a very good friend yeah yeah i consider you that the same thing yeah. you brought klondike bars to my super bowl gathering i did that's yeah. a fucking that is an mvp move right I there i left yeah. the klondike bars there too you did and they're being eaten there's still two left over though there's like one it. of each there's one reese's and there's one dark chocolate one awesome so if you want to come by and pick yeah, them up again definitely just sit down and have a nice conversation eat those klondike bars <laughs> <laughs> um well so i mentioned that the the original seed for this podcast was to sort of try and relate to millennials and what ended up happening throughout the course of recording was that we strayed from that idea i don't know if we're still holding to it i know that i'm still 37 going on 38 i'm still a somewhat i feel old do i come off as an old man to you, you too. don't realize this, but you're only friends with millennials as far as I can tell. 
I'm only friends with millennials, and but I feel like a, a big reason for that is because I'm not married, I don't have kids, and I spent the better part of my adult life pursuing a career in entertainment in the arts. I mean, I was a stand-up That's true, yeah. for over a decade, so the only people I was really ever around were younger people pursuing their dreams. Um, I, I, Martin Urbano told me one time that he likes to think that it just seems like everyone in comedy is just 25 years old forever. Yeah. It's, well, so, I, yeah. Think, I think pursuing comedy is something that it involves a lot of uh, arrested development. Yes, no, not the show or the music group, obviously. The psychological condition where you just <laughs> you want to be a kid for the rest of your life. Exactly. Um, you just want to joke around. I think so. And you don't want to get a real job and you, you, know, you don't want to answer to anybody but yourself. But I think also stand up it could also bring out the worst in people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before we, I guess, dive into that, um, I guess what I'm wondering, because I hang out with you two on a regular basis or oh, yeah. semi-regular basis off microphone outside of this studio. And um, I'm always self-conscious about how I'm sounding or how I'm acting or the fact that I go home at like nine or 10 o'clock to go to bed early. Is that grounds for me? Does that prevent me from connecting to younger people? No, not at all. It's because you're, if you were trying to be a millennial, like if you're like, I'm going to stay up all night and wear a backwards hat and hold a skateboard or whatever, yeah. whatever you perceived a millennial to be, then it, you wouldn't connect with anyone. Yeah. But it's because you were just being yourself right you can relate to people well you're a charismatic guy well thank you well I, and i think there's i have a genuine curiosity for other people mm-hmm. i think the way i met both of you was obviously you know before i got the nine to five job i have now i was you know hanging out on the austin stand-up comedy scene mm-hmm. and my genuine curiosity allowed me to sort of approach people who i saw at open mics and just ask how their day was yeah and ask how they were doing and i think that opens doors but i you know i'm also always very self-conscious that i don't really know what younger people are going through you know um like danny your example of how emotionally volatile you are um i don't know that that's something i, I would love to know more about that but at the same time i don't want to like intrude like do you think that, you know, uh, when we hang out like there, that I'm tuned into it or like, no, uh, <laughs> it's not even a young person thing though. It's a, yeah, it's, I mean, maybe if you're in your early twenties, then you, you're more apt to not be as aware of what you're doing or how you're feeling or have worked or exercised through it. And I hope by your age that most people have, mm-hmm. but that I'd, I'd hardly count that as, as tuning into anything in particular other than just a person in general, which can happen and again at any age, except maybe an actual child, but yeah, any adult person. Uh, Am I the, the oldest person that you no, you're hang not out the with? oldest person. I know that's for sure. <laughs> no, uh, not <laughs> I've never met my parents. Um, <laughs> no, but am I, am I both 36 uh, <laughs> on a, on a social level? Uh, mm, I, uh, it's it's hard to say because like again and i guess in stand-up you know we have people you know on the local level who are still much older and i interact and i consider myself friends with some of them then they are older than you yeah uh 
but as buddy as we are to them, no. So I guess technically, out of my close friends, you are the oldest. Yeah. But it's not by a huge margin. I mean, I live with a, a 33 and a 31-year-old, so. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not. How are they? Do they do they still party and get drunk? and? You know them. <laughs> I do? Yeah, Jared, McCorkle, and Taylor and Dowdy. Oh, I didn't know you lived with them. <laughs> yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Um, um, well, I should have those two on in the next Ryan Reflects. Yeah. Um, well, uh, so I guess, uh, you know, um, what I was, you know, a, a big concern of mine when I do this podcast is, you know, am I going to be able to get it? Yeah. You know? uh, do you two find that I am or? Is I definitely it- think you are. I mean, like if you listen to the, the Clarkston episode, yeah, I feel like he is almost like a cartoon of a millennial. Mm-hmm. Cause like if you listen to their podcast, they're doing prank phone calls and talking about memes. Mm-hmm. Like they're all millennial millennials yeah and but they're great guys i love the guys but your episode with andrew was one of the best episodes at least in my opinion it's probably my favorite one yeah and it's just you and him talking yeah yeah and that's uh, you know essentially what the podcast became yeah you know whereas in the past i would reach out to a guest and say what is one thing that you're into music or otherwise? Like, is there a band? There's a, you know, the amount of times Kanye has come up on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think I've lost count already. Um, just because it gets dropped into casual how many, conversation. How many times you bring up Kanye? <laughs> on podcasts? I, I never, I never bring it up. Cause I'm not, a you Kanye just did right now. <laughs> well, I, okay. One, um, I'm not really a Kanye fan. Are you guys? No, are, but you, you, oh, I, you, I, I you associate that with that. that that's an, that must be a young person thing. Well, that's it, like if I tried to, to quote like Sonic youth with you, I was like, yeah, well, you know, Sonic youth. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, that's, and that's I would, a really like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a generalization. Kind of. It's, it's yeah. oh, it's not vain. It's a, it's a surface level. It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah I know tons of young people that give a sh- less of a shit about Kanye. Well, when you, but when you think about, um, pop culture figures right now, I, I think when you look at my generation, I, I, you know, I, you know, in comparison to yours, Mm-hmm. Kanye is that divisive figure. Yeah. He's the guy that well, he's become that he's become that. I don't know if it I mean, was calculated, 10, but like 13 years ago, listening to an interview in 2004. Yeah. Pretty, pretty normal. It was a normal guy. Probably a little bit of a narcissist, but you kind of have but, to be. But I think that kind of speaks to our generation is that like our generation is super into the internet and the internet has just made everything super wacky. Yeah. And now the wackier, the better. And now th- I think that's a big reason why Kanye got so big. They're like, Oh yeah, he's a crazy person. Yeah. Let's keep this show running. Well, and, and yeah. And, and just to speak to your comment, I think the reason why I use him as the sort of measurement stick for millennials versus gen X, I don't, not versus, but millennials and Gen X. They don't want to start a, a generation war. I don't want I to do. start a generation I do. war. Yeah. I want to lead the millennials. You fight, <laughs> you've had enough fights this year. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think he's, he is at the forefront of it. You know, I mean, he's a guy who spans both. And, I, you, you know, if you bring him up to most people who are either my age or your age, you're almost certainly definitely going to get some sort of strong opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, whether somebody is familiar with his catalog or not, <laughs> do you, you could disagree. No, I, I, I think, I don't know. I, uh, I think to try it, it's, it's so, it's so, it's so hard to actually to, to, to build a divide between, you know, young people and older people, which, you know, that 
it, it, there's no clear line. Right. And I think you just, you know, made a point there where he said, uh, if you bring him up to either, it's like, we'll both know of him. Yeah. You know, it's not like a general, a real generational divide is, uh, it goes a little deeper than Kanye. Maybe if we're actually going to call, it's like you actually remembered was like before internet was in everybody's house mm-hmm. versus like, I think we were probably like nine or 10 when that came around. Oh uh, yeah. I don't yeah. remember not having the internet. Yeah. I was like pretty young and even, you know, even if my family was a little bit behind on trying to, you know, getting a comp- a home computer. Right. Uh, so what would you say would be that sort of, line would it be like well you have the, to look yeah, the age would, of irony no i think i think you have to examine more like the re i think you connect more with millennials and you make that point in the very beginning when you said oh it's because i'm not married and i don't have kids so it's like yeah of course that if that that's probably the bigger difference between us and and older people mm-hmm. is that right there yeah is that uh, there's a, the people in stand-up that don't have you know if you if you know an older stand-up that has a wife or a kid you don't get along with them the same way that we get along with you. And so right. More than likely. I think being like, Oh, what, what, what's a, what's a hoverboard? That's like, you know, I don't think you need to ask a deeper or like look a little, a little more closely at like, okay, you know, how has life changed from people when their life changes in that? So like when you're in your young in your twenties and you're not in a serious relationship, doing that now is a lot different than doing it in the seventies or eighties. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Like I always get, weird out when i think about like man my parents when they were dating and this was like what 19 you know 86 87 or whatever oh god i feel old okay <laughs> well they were significantly older than you then too right yeah <laughs> and uh uh like if you said hey i'll talk to you later that meant if i get to a phone and I, you happen to be home then we'll talk or if i run into you somewhere mm-hmm. we talk or the next time we made plans and i count on you to be there we'll talk versus now when I go like my current, like a person, the current person I'm saying, if I go I'll talk to you later, that means I could text you in a, two minutes. Right. Yeah. So I think like, that's probably like, uh, like more generational dividing kind of things. Like that's, that's a so, whole other way of living. Well, I, I mean, and communicating. Yeah, and, exactly. Communication will always evolve into a place where somebody's going to, some large group of people or large demographic is going to get left behind. I mean, yeah, I mean, but for speaking of my parents who had to do it that way, that was probably the, that's, that had been the case for at least like 60 or 70 years before that. Yeah. And then before that, it was like, I'll send you a letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll write you. Have you guys ever sent a letter to someone? Yeah. A couple of times. Okay. I think so. I had a pen pal in like first grade too. Ah, oh, it's cute. I once sent a letter to uh, Mark Brown, the writer of the hit book, Arthur. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it was my favorite book. I like so that I you had to letter. precede that with hit book. It, well, it's a, it was a hit yeah. at the time. <laughs> I also didn't know his address, so I just wrote Mark Brown's house. Oh, nice. And then sent it. That's adorable. <laughs> so I, did you actually send a letter, or did you give a well, letter I to an adult? It, said, I put adorable. it in the mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> it Jake, thrown away. Yeah. Jake's mom went out and got it and threw it in the fireplace. Yeah. Like, yeah, he'll, so. he'll never know. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Yeah, I mean, obviously, communication evolves over time, and... Um, I liked what you were doing in the very beginning of the podcast when you would have uh, people pick a subject. Yeah. Uh, and especially something, I, hopefully, like I think you, on one you talked about Beyonce and I was like, and you try to relate it to like maybe like a uh, strong female icons kind of thing. I was like, okay, it's a little bit more grasping in air, but yeah. you know, it, I think you, there's an opportunity there to really see how life has changed for people yeah. and how that affects what they're doing and what they will be doing in the yeah. future. 
uh, but then it's evolved more into just conversation, which is great. Like you're a great converse, conversationalist. Yeah. And you know, if having other comedians on means people that are willing to, you know, joke and riff and, and be silly or whatever, but it, 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 you know, then it just becomes, uh, just a talking podcast. Well, I became super aware of doing that. And I think the reason why I strayed from it was because it just seemed like a very inorganic way to get to know somebody. Mm. So like, for example, you know, just using the Beyonce one, it's just like, Oh, so you like Beyonce, do you? Well then answer these questions for the next 45 minutes about why I'm curious about that or yeah. why I want to know. And then by the end of it, well, all, all you figured out is, Oh, Ashley likes Beyonce. Yeah, well, that was a, I knew that. Or, or, bad right, subject or, to start with, uh, oh. probably. But uh, you know, it, 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 I think that you know what I was hoping to, to achieve with that format was to use an example that achieved a deeper meaning or that would reveal a deeper meaning. Yeah. You know? So it's like you like Beyonce, but there's got to be a reason why. I, I wanted to know why it resonated. <laughs> well, why does it resonate with anybody at any given point? Well, well, and that's not the just thing. Beyonce, yeah. just people in general, icons. Well, and, well, okay. Well, and this is probably why I strayed from the format. My opinion is the reason why it resonates is because it's just produced well. You know, it it sort of caters to the typical you know leanings of what pop music I is. Say so, but I think also she's marketed in a way that is see, would come off as empowering. Now, for what my money is worth, I think Adele is a much better example of female empowerment yeah. because she doesn't have to fucking throw on these glittery costumes and announce her pregnancy and do all this shit. But but again, that's just my opinion. Um, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, I mean, I love I don't, Adele and Beyonce. I, like, I, yeah, I don't have yeah. super strong feelings on either. I mean, I, but I also, great, but I also but. don't want to crush somebody or, 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 or come off like I am because they like Beyonce, you know? And yeah. I think that's why I got away from, from that format as well. I think you should have dug deeper. Yeah. Instead of straight away. I've had, I've had one person who is a female listen to that episode and tell me that she didn't like it because she felt that what I was doing to Ashley was kind of painting her in a corner mm-hmm. and kind of oh, just yeah. like forcing answers out of her and, and kind of like poking my finger in her, in her chest, like fucking you tell me, um, why should I like Beyonce? Yeah. You know, um, but that was a very early episode. And I think from there, what, what happened was we evolved into just sort of natural conversations yeah. with people. And sometimes that stuff comes up Which, to Beyonce and the, that's Kanye, the thing you know? is like, you could tell from the earlier episodes, uh, where you still had that original format, your whole plan was to learn more about people. Mm -hmm. And, and once it became just a, like an interview style podcast, you learned so much more about those people. Like Jared's episode. Yeah. He's talking about being in the military and all this stuff. Uh, Oh boy. Whoops. (laughs) Yeah. He's talking about all this stuff that he, necessarily might not have gotten to if he came on and was like i want to talk about why i like chicken wings or right. whatever like, yeah well and also there's 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 a limit you know like before the podcast started uh you know i'd announced that i'd be doing it and i mentioned the idea to a lot of people and the amount the number of people who wanted to come on here and talk about harry potter because again oh, i feel really? like yeah i feel like that too is a very not divisive, but it's a very sort of marked line of division between generations. Yeah. Whereas you two grew up with it, people my age had to revisit it and sort of come around to it 
you know, from a different perspective. You yeah. Know, we weren't children when we read it. I still haven't read any of those books. Yeah, or I, mean, watched I don't know how to read. I don't read. think you will. Yeah. Children's book. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't. I, I, so it's totally understandable to be like, oh, I don't read no thanks. Cars. Like, yeah, well, you're, no, well, you're older. <laughs> well, and I also happen to think that young a little adult, A little boy trapped in a cover is not something you're like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah, dumb yeah. thing. <laughs> y- young adult fiction is better served for young adults, not, yeah, that'd not be grown a, men. Look, yeah, exactly. Or if you're 35 and you're like, oh, I'm trying to read Twilight, I'm like, you're a freak. Get away. Yeah, yeah. Weirdo. Makes sense. But then you get Fifty Shades of Grey. So <laughs> yeah, that's how that happened. Never read that one either. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I just think that you know the reason why I abandoned that particular way of of doing the podcast was because I don't know that I would have accomplished as much. You know, the Jared example is a good one, but I also think there was a huge breakthrough when when Jesse Hensley was on. Yes, uh, the Jesse H episode. Yeah, um, because I remember that day. I remember driving down here and. Me and him, you know, up until him, I had usually hashed out what I was going to be talking about with the guest leading up to the day of recording. Yeah. With Jesse, we just didn't have that opportunity. I think we were both just very busy. And then he just came in and we just took off. Like, we just we just riffed, you know? And, yeah. um, you know, it's not for me to say whether it's a good or bad episode. I think they're all great episodes. But I, um, yeah, I, I, just know, episode. I just know it was different because the conversation and the show took on a different tone. Matter of fact, after that one went up, I wanted to change the name of the podcast. In some cases, I still do. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, because you're not... That, that one wasn't the vo- the voice of the show changing. That was you not doing what you had intended to do. Right. Yeah. You were like, oh, usually I'm planned and prepared for what we're going to talk about, and now we're not. Yeah. Which is fine. Again, it, it sounds great. Like, you get two people that are smart and funny yeah. to talk. It, it sounds good. But it's like, oh, well, and now it's changed. It's like, well, no, just go back to what you were doing or like I've, I've said like the do you do you still what what are you curious about young people what do you I think young people I think millennials and, and you know god I hate that term uh well it, it's also you had Jared on and Jared's fairly barely younger than you right yeah and well, what yeah. do you think he had to what do you how different do you think the perspective was in those four years and um, when does that line suddenly change? Well, that, I mean, again, that's not for me to define because, you know... The, the, you kind of have to if you're going to do a podcast about you're absolutely You're absolutely right. And um, I think, you know, another reason why I abandoned that original format was to open the doors up to more people. Yeah. Um, I think changing the name of the show, which is something I addressed with, with Johnny Cash on that episode, was that it would negate that everything that had been done before. Um, yeah, a name change. So I'm I'm sticking with it. But you know, I asked Mike McRae to do the podcast. Yeah, and he's he was older like, than you. He's much older. <laughs> yeah, this guy. I think he's in his late 30s, early 40s, or something. I don't know exactly. But his his response to that was, "Well, I'm not a millennial. What what happened to that?" And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, we're not really doing that. Yeah, now. you don't really have to." Anymore. He's like, "Oh, you've abandoned the format." Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think just to go back to your original question, what I was hoping or what I want to learn. I, I, you know, millennials have, you know, it's not just buying power. The reason why you see the term millennials everywhere now is because advertisers and marketers are reaching out to that group because yeah. they're the ones starting families and owning shit now. Yeah. And, and they're the ones that are in, you know, their jobs and blah, blah, blah. I think what I'm curious about is that millennials are about they're You're inheriting the country. Yeah. That's what's happening. Everything's so fucked up right now because the boomers don't want to let go. Look at the fucking douchebag in, in office right now. I mean, clearly that was... Who is that it? was <laughs> um, Yeah, it's Jared. Uh, clearly... From Subway. <laughs> the, the system is a little askew at the moment. And I yeah. think I think 
my my opinion on that is because the millennials are still putting it all together you know america is very very clearly going through some some changes right now maybe some growing pains if you will and i i i don't want to heap all that responsibility onto the millennial generation yeah we're gonna have to well but that's the thing my fascination comes in how millennials are going to change the country because it's gonna change we're not what we were in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s anymore. Well, then I think you have not scratched that question once. You mean that that exa- that's that question that you just that that thing you just proposed, and you're like, how are millennials going to? You essentially asked was, what are people younger than I who are now going to inherit the positions of power? Mm-hmm. How are they going to react or change things? So React is like we're not handing old we're handing over old institutions. Yeah. But how those institutions are, you know, propagated the, the ideas and stuff and the ideals and stuff, that's that's just a that's not a, it's like a way of thinking is actually changing. It's like le- like less attached than like millennials are this and and Gen X is that and it's more like as the gen as the population ages, ways of thinking change. Mm-hmm. So like you know, you're asking like, how are they going to react to all this? How are they going to do that? And it's like, yeah. those are really good questions. Like us well, looking into the future yeah. is more, is a, is more interesting and more to the point of why our perspectives are different than looking at what we're doing now and what you used to be doing. Right. Because it, I can turn on a TV or read a book or read a magazine or go on the internet and find a lot of that out versus how I see the future and how you saw the future and how you were seeing the future, mm-hmm. those are completely different. And that I can't get anywhere other than in a conversation. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and I totally hear what you're saying. I completely agree. Um, I think, you know, when I have a guest in here, I don't know that, you know, if, if I'm in a position to ask that point blank, then I would. I think you are. <laughs> well, I am right now. Yeah. I no, I just, it's your podcast. So that could be your first. Question. Oh, so I'm, I'm more, I'm already in a position to ask that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that's, that's food for thought. And yeah, I guess that's the point of Ryan flex. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're I'm, try- me- I'm trying to be blunt here, I guess. No, I love it. Be blunt. I wish more people in Austin were, to yeah. be honest. Um, they're, they're too busy smoking blunts. <laughs> there he is. That one out of Ethan. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think, the way the, the method that I try to address that or that I attempt to is by, by raising topics and asking questions related to that. So like, a, for example, you know, uh, Pat was a recent guest in here and mm. you know, he told Which me, Pat? uh, Sir Rice, okay. half of vanilla Presley. There's like 18,000 Patrick's. <laughs> is there <laughs> how many Pats? Oh yeah. No, there's Pat, a lot of, yeah, there are Pats generally though. But, um, yeah. but I think, you know, the way, we approached that was, you know, we talked about fatherhood and we talked about, you know, his relationship to his dad and how he sees fatherhood Mm -hmm. and these institutions that, that you bring up. Um, yeah, that's that, those aren't lost on me. Um, and the internet and, and, and communication and language. And, you know, these are topics that I attempt to address. Um, but at the same time, I feel I don't want to put someone on blast. You know, I don't know if I'm even using that correctly. 
But like Jake, you know you are. You do this like I'm an old guy. Don't mind me. And I'm like Ryan. You only hang out with young people. All right, fair enough. You know what you're saying. Yes. Uh, use uh, use something that makes us go. You're hip what with is the that? Lingo. That'd be hilarious. I'm aware of what I'm saying. But I don't know if <laughs> yeah. I'm ever like saying it with with verb. Sometimes I say those things, See, and even I don't, I don't know. know what I mean. Sometimes. Oh really? So, like yeah, that's not. Yeah. yeah. He said you're not our, yesterday, and he had a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike any other day, but sure. You know, it's <laughs> well, like okay. you're not our grandpa. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that, but that's the thing. Like sometimes I, I think that I might be. Or I sometimes. think you want to be kind of. It's what it sounds like. Y- yeah. I, you know you're what? Like, you're you want right. to be wait. Like I like to joke around that I feel really old because I like to go to bed early sometimes. But it's just because I have things I need to do the next day. And I want to be tired when I do them. Yeah. Oh, that's an old person thing. It's probably just more like got your priorities in order. Yeah. I know 16 year olds that are way more mature. Well. They they have that down where they're like, well, I got like you know like I have a coworker who's eighteen, it's like his first real job really. Yeah, and he has the you know has the self awareness and the priority to go. Oh, I don't go out if mm-hmm. I have work the next day. You yeah, know, where I, me at turning about to turn twenty five, still sometimes go like, I could be sleepy at work. I kind of yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I I obviously hanging hanging around younger people will make you feel old, but I think th- you know. The uh, you know um, I'm just very aware of my age. And I don't know I don't know why necessarily that is. I think in my mind, and this has always been there. Like you know, we could go into a whole therapy session if you want. I'd prefer not to, but I think from a very young age, it was always expressed to me that certain things need to be accomplished by a certain time. And if you haven't accomplished yeah. them, then you know, then where are you? Then you're lost. And so having to clear those bars and not clearing them. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm a failed comic. I devoted so much of my life to trying to make it happen that it didn't, that now I've started something else. I've pivoted and began a whole new career with younger people, by the way. I'm the second yeah. oldest person in my department. And, 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 you know, I work in tech now. I don't want to say where I work, but I, I work at a tech company. It works at Google. I work at Google. Um, yes, Google, I'm, Facebook, YouTube. They, they all work in the same building. You just right. work at the internet. I work for Steve Google. Uh, hell of a guy. Um, He's a TV repairman. But, it's, but, it's, but, you know, but, you know, not being married and having kids and being around younger people all the time constantly reaffirms that I am the age that I am. And for some reason, it's a hump that I have a hard time getting over. Yeah. I think, yeah. Well, for the, the reason you have a hard time getting over is like, I think only you remind yourself of that though. Yeah, most but certainly. This, my problems are my problems. Yeah. Sorry. I Jake. definitely think that that is a difference between our generations is that I know generations older than us, like older than me, they got a lot of that. Like, Oh, you need to be married by 30, have kids by 35 to have a career, all this stuff. But I like, I know at least for me growing up, that was never a thing. Yeah. And for a lot of people my age, there weren't people saying, oh, you have to do this by this age and this by that age. There's general understandings of what you should do to be a successful person. Right. But for the most part, I feel like people our age are more like free will and just go out, live your life, have a good time, see how it goes. Yeah. I, I don't think there was ever a bar or anything. It was just understood that this was the case. So... For my a good example, my grandparents who uh, graduated high school, got married, and had their first child all in the same year, that Jeez. wasn't... Yeah, see, look, you, you, you reacted not because you're a young person or millennial, just be because we live in a time where that 
isn't generally the common thing. But yeah. at, at that time, it was totally not. It wasn't like they were fulfilling any kind of thing. Where it's like, well, we just graduated high school, better get hitched. Yeah. Oh, we just got married, better have a kid. This, this you know, it was like, just the circumstances of living in that time was that that was more common because right. of. Just because of the, just the, the you know, it, it was just the world was different. The world was so different. Now it's like, you don't have to, or it's not expected because I know plenty of people haven't. And you live in a, in a, the world produces enough to sustain without having to create families and, and, and have these jobs or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like and, you and, can be 40 and do almost nothing. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you're, interests with millennials isn't just because they're young it's because they grew up in this environment that you did not grow up in completely by the time were there. They, he was there but he wasn't growing up he wasn't in his formative years I, I, yeah i was not all yeah just it. just to be clear like i was present you know yeah. um, you're actually probably more present than that the, the kids were exactly well i don't but you know and i would disagree with that because i think you know, there's this 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 term digital natives surely you've heard that before and 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 your intuition, your, your inclination towards certain things and certain attitudes also. I mean, something like Black Lives Matter could never exist and, and, and people being openly gay could never exist when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. It just you, just, you know, like even the 90s, everybody romanticizes that decade and it was a great one. Don't get me wrong. It was awesome to be a teenager in the 90s. Um, but, you know, just, just, to, just to see that happening and to see that young people are the ones spearheading that, yeah, that is ultimately where my fascination comes into. Yeah, but also. our, our, our uh, and I want to hang out. You know, I want to be. With, I want to be. Yeah, on, yeah. I want to be on your team. We all want to hang out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but people, young people, spearheading that. Remember, you said all oh, the '90s were cool, and that would have never happened in the '90s. But we were raised in the '90s, and so it's like that 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 period of time. Yeah, in the world and how the world was affected the way we would eventually act in the future totally because when we were young and we weren't as aware of things we didn't have perspective point of view because we were all so young Mm -hmm. you know we kind of just it was just it was just when you're young things are just are you just exist yeah Yeah, you just things are just are you don't know why and you don't ask why and later on you do and so when we got to the age of why we do we questioned sort of the the method of things and then the 90s shaped our way of doing that but you were there in the 90s more aware than we were Mm -hmm. and here's a good question what drove you were like oh that would never have happened Mm -hmm. what prevented you from wanting to spear some spearhead something like that i think because there was just this 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 universal understanding that things were already okay We we didn't have resources like the internet and we weren't as connected people were political in the 90s i don't want to make it seem like it was i think in the 80s is when people were really kind of far away from having a political agenda yeah you know the 90s it was happening just on a not necessarily on a scale such as this like it feel almost feels like in the 90s people were just rebelling but but now in the the aughts and the 2010s it it seems like it's more than rebellion it seems Mm -hmm. like genuine change is what millennials are thirsty for you know um the fact that institutionalized racism is being addressed by high figures yeah it's some that's 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 something very unique to to the millennial generation yeah um and it is very reminiscent of the boomers and i think that's why the boomers are so anti-millennial because 
they still want to take credit for America shifting, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. when really it's the millennials who are doing it now. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily an old young thing. I think it's art. We grew up as children in entirely different environments. Yeah. Like what I did when I was six years old, I'm sure is very different than what you did when you were six years old. Yeah. I was watching like, Nickelodeon game shows where people get slimed. Mm-hmm. I doubt you did that when you were six. I, I mean, I was, but I was also uh, forced to play outside. Yeah, well, I I did yeah, that a lot, see, too, but I but I had like old school parents who were like, yeah, get the well, fuck outside, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like that's a hard. That's a weird margin to be like. Well, we used to, like we're gonna say <laughs> that too. Like yeah. that's just that's not even anything. Uh, well, uh, you know. Um, yeah, one but thing because gen- <clears throat> we just glazed back over it and we start talking about right. cartoons again. Yes. Uh, is you said that it was just generally understood that things were okay, and that you think maybe now we people millennials quote unquote think oh things aren't okay we got to change them uh, because I think nowadays people are just harder to ignore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like we're I think we're rebelling and protesting the same things your generation did and the generation before I think anything's actually changed. I think people nowadays are just harder to ignore. That makes sense. So organizing large groups of people like black lives matter or being openly gay Mm -hmm. and having a network of people that support you being gay and being able to seek shelter in that is more possible now than it was in the nineties. But I don't think people's, perceptions have changed necessarily i'm sure there's probably because older people come around to it i was talking to my grandmother mm-hmm. uh over christmas and you know you know versus the uh, what is it like 13 years that separate us you know yep. she was like in her f- she's like 45 years older than me mm-hmm. or like 50 years older than me and uh we we were talking about politics because clearly like kind of what the, the state of things in america right now doesn't seem really great i'm always really interested to hear what she has to say yeah because like, when i asked who she should vote for she voted for hillary clinton mm-hmm. uh and it, which wasn't surprising and i tried to bring it up to her where i said uh grandma how was it not voting for the first female candidate for president you know like because she in her she's voted you know like 20 times in her lifetime for different candidates the first time a girl was on the bill she completely glazed over it and i was like well that's kind of weird it just didn't register to her yeah because of where she uh where she just because of kind of the time she grew up in it didn't seem as profound to her right. um even though you know it's like rightly do but then i also like miss uh misjudged her when i brought up something about like trans sexuals mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i thought my grandma would be against it she's like a catholic yeah she's really old you know she's pretty pretty progressive as far as like just everyone do whatever you want you know yeah but i figured that'd be one that would like really come off as strange to her not at all no problem with it yeah you know she's 73 or 74 right now yeah and it doesn't phase her and it's just her her thinking's changed but so there's nothing that that kind of idea of thinking of like this is that or that is i don't think that has anything to do with generations the uh, the message stays the same it's the Mm -hmm. medium that changes yeah so if you want to blame anything on it it's like maybe she's more open to getting her information from different places. Mm -hmm. And so she aligns with us and like, yeah, most millennials would probably say they're pro transsexual, just, you know, pro for that and not oppressing people in any way. Mm -hmm. But that's because we taken more information from more sources. Yeah. How do you like what feeds bigotry is misunderstanding. How do you guys that's eloquently put? Yes, I absolutely agree. What, uh, what are your news sources? Where do you guys get information from? 
Oh, I'm the wrong person. I get my news information almost exclusively from Facebook and clips of Saturday Night Live. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> and uh, the occasional like uh, Stephen Colbert monologue. Okay. That's about all my information. All right. Well, uh, you're in a position where maybe that information doesn't affect you as much yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it from Facebook from people like posting articles on Facebook. But I'm definitely getting a one-sided argument. Yeah. Because all my friends are definitely left-leaning politically. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll occasionally... I've got a few friends who are very conservative, and I'll... They, they just don't post articles that much, though. Sure. Like, it just doesn't happen. I feel like the left is more like, hey, here's more information. Well, that's something interesting that you bring up, like all of your friends are left-leaning and everything. Um, because I do think that something that is lacking nowadays is is this uh actually how could i put this okay so when i was growing up clearly there was not as much opposition against each other you know if somebody thought a certain way that you didn't agree with you didn't necessarily post a long-winded three paragraph you know indictment on on your own facebook page for all of your friends to agree with you to read. It almost seems like we're getting further apart from each other because of that. Um, and that is certainly something that I see a difference in generations. So it's like speaking to that, you know, the message is the same, but the medium is different. I don't know. Do you think that we're in a more harmful place now? No, it just, it's again, we're just having to deal with more people because people are harder to ignore. Uh, to say that like being younger makes you more left leaning. I think, while a generalization is probably pretty accurate, but to say that most older people are conservative, I also think is inaccurate. It's just like the people, the hard right, the ones that, that I guess we're more fearful of having control. Yeah. And the ones that I would say, like, it's not much of a disagreement is like, just like that kind of thinking shouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I you know is probably an extreme way of looking at how people interpret the world. But, they're just harder to ignore. They used to, they used to, they've always been on the fringe that racist bigotry, fundamentalism, religious mm-hmm. has always been there mm-hmm. that just nowadays they've find they've had finally have an avenue for equality in their, in their voice amongst the mainstream kinds of thought that we have, that have just been kind of prevalent, Yeah, you know? And I think right now they're technically in control. Mm-hmm. And the reason is they probably were just, well, both sides feel like they have the moral high ground, mm-hmm. you know, we're like, well, we're the right ones. And they're like, no, well, we're the right ones. The difference is, is I don't think that I'm that the, what I, their idea is like, uh, dangerous to my thinking. I think it just needs to catch up. And I think on the other side though, is they think my thing way of thinking is dangerous. Right. And so I think they've gone to more extreme measure, measures to kind of, uh, utilize the institutions to their advantage and take control. Yeah. So being an evangelical Christian, uh, be thinking that being gay is going to send you to hell and wanting to like preserve Christianity is way more extreme. And I think you're willing to go way further than I am to just say, I don't care what you believe. Just make me my wedding cake. I don't care. You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. Like anyone can do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm well, I'm willing to stand up for that ideal. Yeah. It, it's not a life or death situation when they actually interpret it that way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the comparisons to, Hitler and Nazi Germany are yeah Donald Trump's not Hitler he's a dangerous man but not for the reasons Hitler was dangerous right we will never repeat that 
No, and I'm no, saying no, no, that no. as a Jew. I, yeah. You're a Jew? <laughs> yeah, <you> sorry. <laughs> um, I have to apologize for being Jewish. If they only knew all the jokes you usually make. <laughs> That's, hey, I'm okay. Are you kidding me? You think he censors himself when we're hanging out? No. Millennials are so progressive. Jake still makes the same, well, I'm probably like a lot more playful <laughs> yeah. Yeah. than they were like, 40 years ago, but the same very, amount of jokes. I'm very playfully anti-Semitic, okay? <laughs> yes. it's, it's very, You're anti-Semitic. It comes from a place of love. But yeah, like in a yeah. good way. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm on board with that, quite <laughs> frankly. I feel like we should all be making fun of each other for the obvious shit. Yeah. But, you know, that's just me. I'm one of the, I, you know, I'm one of those rare people that have, I have <laughs> both sides represented in my Facebook feed. I, for some reason, you know, because obviously when you do stand up, you get all these friend requests and you just amass them over time. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the people, I have no idea who the fuck they are. Yeah, only like one of one percent of all the people that say they're friends with me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So it's like but there's like, you know, the Trump supporters are equally as represented as the as the lefties. And I'm seeing both. And I'm just I'm just like, I'm I'm all, I'm out of here. Get the get, get off me. I could I could tell that you have a. Uh, like both sides on your Facebook, just because I've noticed on your Facebook, almost anything you post, it doesn't matter what someone will come in and create an argument. Yeah. In the comments. Yeah. You can be like, mayonnaise is cool. And someone will be like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Trump's the president. And you're like, what happened? How did that happen? Well, yeah, I, I think I posted something once. Uh, it was just so right down the middle. Yeah. It had, it had no agenda attached to it. And yes, an argument was like spawned underneath yeah. it. God damn. I wish I could remember that status. I, but I've seen that happen mm-hmm. on so many of your statuses. I'm like, no one ever yeah. creates arguments on my status. Well, I, om- I almost posted happen. another one this morning. I was going to write, I love Bill Maher. He's my father. <laughs> because that's the one everybody's arguing about in my feed today. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what was... Remember the good old days when you used to have to just say these things to the people that happened to be around you at the time, and then you could just either ignore them or yeah. walk away? I remember the good old days where somebody said something, and no matter who you were, you were either going to get teased or you were going to get ignored. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't... You know, uh, it seemed like there was less. Well, because you there was an off, but well, there wasn't an off button. But only it, the people it, in the immediate vicinity could versus the three thousand people that say they're your yeah. friend. If somebody yeah. said something that you first of all, obviously things are so entirely different when you fucking log off and you go out. Right? Yeah, like yeah. when you guys are at a bar and no, you know everybody's just fucking out and amongst each other. Nobody's bickering. No, nobody's shouting no. their fucking ideas in each other's faces. Yeah, it's weird. It's only when you go on there because people are comfortable doing it from the safety of their fucking because the home. playing field's level. The playing field's right. You have you know your voice is your weapon, and on fucking the computer the battlefield is open to all. Yeah. But then you go out in the world and it's just like, yeah, you, you know, you're not going to fucking be that way. Cause it's just inappropriate. Exactly. But that's, you know, and that's how it was before social media or whatever. You never told anybody who you were voting for, you know, your political, your politics were your own, you know, now it's like everybody has a platform. And I think that's why, you know, you've got this strange new civil war happening where it's, you know, racism versus snowflakes or something, you know, whatever the fuck it is. It's just a weird, it's too extreme, two extremes, you know, butting heads right now. But like when I was a kid or when I was younger and even, you know, even up until like everybody had MySpace because MySpace didn't have a news feed, you know, it was just your page. Um, You know, if you were around somebody who'd said something you didn't agree with, you just didn't respond. You just, exactly. You just be like, okay, cool. So did you hear the new Sonic Youth? Ooh, cool callback. Uh, oh, look at that. <laughs> um, but you know, it was, it was it, that, no, that. I only listen to Kanye. Yeah, exactly. 
that's how matters were handled. And I'm not scolding anybody here for, for having an opinion. It's just, it's odd how it, how it colors the state of things. Yeah. The fact that fake news is being, is a phrase that's being spoken by people in a position of authority. The guy that could fucking launch a war on China uses a phrase called fake news. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. I think that's a byproduct of everything that I just mentioned. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I don't know. I hate to be the pessimist in the room, but I definitely am. Uh, This is kind of the unraveling. It is. I don't see someone point to a solution to me because I don't see one other than, you know, I noticed this when I I was first, I was probably like 12 or 13 when I really started using the internet in any kind of like serious way where, uh, and I know the first thing I noticed was uh, a lack of like, uh, accountability yeah. on your identity mm-hmm. like you could always hide an anonymity anonymity for what you said which is why i think people got way were way more comfortable with being racist yeah and anti-semitic on the internet because in real life there'd be consequences for it mm-hmm. you can't just go yelling things in the street no. without someone wanting to do something about it right and on the internet that isn't the case but the fact that no one picked up on that right away, like people much smarter than me mm-hmm. and was like, Hey, we probably should start talking and having like a round table about this. Cause it's a very powerful weapon. Yeah. Didn't mean it, it just has rolled itself into this moment where it's like, because all the voices are the same on the internet. Yeah. It's all like anything can, can or can't be trusted. Yeah. And it's dangerous because now there's no mainstream form of thought. There's, no. fra- there's factions of people, of things that people are willing to believe. And you can't function in a larger global society that way. Right. So it's going to go. Well, if we didn't have peacetime, it would be very tribal very quick. And that'd be super scary. It'd be Lord of the Flies out here. This, but this, with adults. This, this, this is this is a beautiful place to end things. Uh, thank you both for coming in. Um, thank you. And, and uh, here, here's where we end it. Um, you, you, the, the, the pessimistic side of you says this is the end. It's all unraveling. Mm-hmm. And to speak to my fascination again with millennials, it's not the end. It's probably up to you guys to fucking pull wow, way, way to go, wait. Ryan. Make this our problem now. <laughs> like, you don't live in this world, too, and you don't have a say. I'm just saying, well, if it's well, up to you, me, you guys better get to work. We, uh, we, I've already done all that I can do. We, we, obviously, my generation does have a say, but, but you're, you're the generation where everything's so radically changed. And I'm not pinning it on millennials. I'm just saying this is my fascination. We, my generation, along with other generations, want to see how we ravel things up again, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously we're all in together, but I yeah. think that that is, yeah. my, I that, think we are not any more pre or less predisposed to the same pro the problem that I just outlined. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Just well, to speak to Danny's pessimism though. Uh, if it is up to me, we are fucked. We are totally <laughs> fucked. <laughs> well, with that attitude, <laughs> yeah. boys, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, let's just go drive our cars off of a fucking cliff. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> Danny and Jake, thank you for sitting in on Ryan Reflex. Thanks for having us, man. Anything you guys want to, should I change the name of the show? Uh, no, I think, I think hopefully if, uh, you take what? my advice and yeah. just di- actually dig deeper. And then you, I think you'll have a really, really, really interesting, 
I mean, that what we where we just ended was not where we even started, or I even think where you wanted to end up. I don't think we yeah. were talking much about generations by the end of that. No, you guys yeah. showed up, and I was just like, I just follow my lead. I have no idea what we're going to talk yeah. about. Yeah. I don't well, know what we're going like to do. Like I said, uh, be more prepared. Yeah, <laughs> and actually dig deeper yes. on some of these these kinds of conversations because I think it'd actually be way more interesting than just I in speaking from a place of love. I know all the people that have been on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Peel back the curtain, people, uh, uh, listeners. If you're not an Austin comic, mm-hmm. there's not that many of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I've had the same conversations with them that or to, to the same effect that you have. And it's like, yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm a little bit more special in that sense that I've have had that opportunity than the general listener would have. That isn't a comedian, sure. But uh, you know that what incentive do they have to listen? We're, no offense, everybody, we're nobodies. It's mm. not like anyone's like. Well, I really, really well, want to hear what Danny has to say. You're, you're somebody. You just um, not everybody knows who you are. Yeah, but dig deeper, and I think the the, the better conversations will come from from that. Duly noted, prepared. Jake. What do you have to say for yourself? Um, I've had a great time, and did I wanna, you did you yeah. like the the Brandon Wardell episode? I did. I, I did. thought that was a good one. Yeah, I liked Ethan, all Did you them. like that one? Thumbs up from Ethan. Yep, he liked it. <laughs> yeah. Danny? I think I listened to half of that. Yeah, no, yeah it's, uh, let's just go around the room asking if we well, like each episode. Once you broke podcast. format, I was a little bit less of a fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny, you will be on a future episode. Um, I don't know why we didn't just make this one mine. <laughs> it kind of was. You kind of, I mean, it, um, it, was, it, was, you know, it was a good um, um, uh, precursor to what we could possibly get into when I devote an entire episode to you. Um, Jake, just fucking wear a condom, dude. I can't. <laughs> no, he means it's he doesn't too, know how to yeah, use one. Oh, you got okay. Because Texas public education is failing <laughs> no, us. never showed me. <laughs> uh, we'll show you uh, how to how to put one on uh, using a banana. Ryan will show you, and then I will call the police. <laughs> yes. Uh, like he's very uncle. fascinated with young people, too. I'm just saying. Again, uh, thank you both for, for stopping in and for taking the time. And this has been Ryan Reflects, hopefully one of many to come in the future. Take care. See you. Bye. Ryan knows everything about millennials. International. Aren't you good?